Warning. This podcast may contain spoilers from whatever TV show or movie is mentioned. Please listen at your own discretion. Welcome to viewers and audience. Yo, 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 what's going on? I am Scoop Roger. And I am S. Foster. That's right. We turned into another episode of the Viewers Anonymous podcast where we give you our very own reviews and takes for movie and TV straight out of Hollywood. What's going on with you, brother? Man, <clears throat> can't call it, man. Just uh, out here trying to live, man. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> I hear putting these pies out, trying mm-hmm. to, hold on, wait a minute, I need to ask you something real quick, because look, I don't know what's going on in my brain, but I know what my eyes are showing me, mm-hmm. I thought that this was year four, but in one of my memories, it said the first episode was five years ago. Nah, it couldn't have been because our first episode was 2020. That's what was so weird. I don't understand. Dude, I, I don't know. My brain, I'm telling you. I'm so scattered right now. But anyway, um, to answer the question, I'm good, man. Um, yeah. Coming off of, well, now I'm heading into the point where all of my holidays are out of the way. You know what I'm saying? My FedEx shit starting to starting to get back to normal. You know what I'm saying? We mm-hmm. had two light weeks, and now we're starting to pick back up to where it normally is. But okay. like I said, man, I'm just trying to get myself back on track, man, because my mind is still out of track. Cause I'm telling you, I think my mind is playing tricks on me because I could have swore that shit said five years ago. But it, anyway. It, you know what? it probably did, though. I ain't going to lie to you. It probably did. I noticed that uh, a whole bunch of stuff kind of been off a little bit. But I seen some stuff that happened in 2017 that said uh, six years ago. I'm like, it's clearly seven, but okay. Yeah, so I don't know. Like I said, I think my mind playing tricks on me, but it is what it is. But anyway, so, how about you, man? How you feeling? Everything good with you? Man, as you can see, uh, I'm in a <laughs> very silly mood today, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm feeling great. I'm feeling good. This has been a wild-ass weekend. Uh, I'm sorry, not a weekend, but a wild week. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. Um, to say the least, I I have been engulfed in in uh, news and media and everything else this whole week, and it has not let me down yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? But you know, I'm saying I had to put the glasses on for uh, you know what I'm saying? Oh, Uncle Shay. You know what I'm saying? So I'm gonna wear my glasses today for Uncle Shay Shark, man. Cause that boy just put out a banger. Yo, he did, man. And I heard the follow up today on uh Nightcap. Okay. And yeah, he he's 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 starting to receive the hate. You know what I'm saying? Um he, he, he received the hate. Yeah, he got yeah, ready. Yeah. Yeah, he uh you know, him and Chad was talking and he was just saying some people were saying that, you know, how he's not a journalist and how he didn't, you know, uh, but didn't really ask no questions. It didn't really, you know, rebuttal to certain shit and stuff like that. But hold on, hold on, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. First and foremost, he's not a journalist. He's a Hall of he Fame said that. Player. Yeah, he's a Hall of Fame football player. So let me get that out the way. Second, 
Um, for him to not be a journalist and for him to not have that type of background, he did an exquisite job of interviewing Cap Williams because he the questions that he asked, he had his lead questions, and then in between certain things, he continued, you know what I'm saying, to ask follow-up questions. But the one thing that he did that I appreciated throughout this whole interview was he never, never, not once interrupted Cat Williams when he was on his rant. He let him finish. Once he started getting to the end, he would chime in. But I think Shannon Sharp did an amazing job uh, in that interview. I I just I don't I don't see how anybody um, can watch that and say that he did a terrible job. That's crazy. Well, and also something that he said, which I try to do the same thing. Like when I would have when I would have guests on the twenty eight minutes or less, he was like. It's not really an interview, he said, because I like to have a conversation. He was, I'm a conversationist. And he was Absolutely. like, that was his whole thing of like what he wanted to do with that. He was like, yo, if you want Larry David and, you know, 60 minutes, that type of shit, he was like, go there. He said, that's not mm-hmm. where Club Shay Shay is. But like, like I said, people were just coming out. And then he said, what he think is funny is, he was like, Cat Williams is the one, he said, the 102nd episode. He's like, ain't none of y'all said shit until this mm-hmm. one come out. Absolutely. So, yeah, and I was like, yo, that's just that's that's the price of having. I'm saying the number one podcast in the world at this moment. You know what I mean? Hey, like that's, that's that's what happens, you know. He so should've, he should have he should have called Joe Budden first. <laughs> yo, Joe, how do I deal with this, yo? Yeah, Joe, you know Joe, Joe could have gave him some pointers before it happened, man, because that would. <clears throat> Excuse me. That was an amazing. That was an amazing podcast. Um, just all around, you know what I'm saying. I I think that everything about that podcast was great. Even when it was a, a point in time where Cat Williams had the wrong year, he meant to say. Well, he had initially told the story about said the entertainer taking his job, and he was saying 2000. I think he said 2018 to 2019, mm-hmm. and in the midst of the whole interview. Somebody came and followed up and was like, "Yo, did you did you mean to say 2018 and 2019? Because you know this came out in 2000 something." He was like, "Oh, well, let me clear it up." I thought that was perfect because I'm like, "Yo, if you if you when you heard it the first time, it threw me off because I'm like, well, if he did that in 2018, 2019, then yeah, he stole his joke then. But then when he cleared it up and he explained, I was like, oh, okay." I said, I, I'm, I'm glad that they, you know what I'm saying, reached out and said something about that. But, I mean, I, I think it was a phenomenal episode. Um, I enjoyed it. I listened to it three times that day. I listened to it, it twice. It was that good. It I was listened that good. to it and I watched it yeah. <laughs> on YouTube. It was, it was that good, man. Um, So, I mean, we already here. Usually we do what we watch them, but, I mean, this is way more than doing the what we watching. So um but I mean since we both watched it, we might as well, you know, talk about it. Uh what stuck out from you about that, you know, so about that pie? Like what what really caught your grasp during that pie? I'm gonna be honest with you. The the part that really stood out to me was the part that none of the clips are coming out about. Mm-hmm. The part that got me was 
finding out that he was a prodigy, that he could read fluently at three years old. Mm -hmm. He read the encyclopedia when he was five, that his parents mm -hmm. punished him by taking books from him. That's crazy. Like, that's like the type of stuff that really, you know, threw me off. And then when he said what, what really was the most, to me, the most interesting thing to hear was how he said that I knew things that I didn't know how I knew them. Mm -hmm. And he was just saying that how, you know, he read an encyclopedia and still didn't know anything about the world. Like mm -hmm. for him to have been so smart, so young and to know things that he didn't really supposed to know at that age and then to get a scholarship offer at age seven and went to school well went to college when he was 12 like i didn't know any of this fucking shit about him right. like that was what was most interesting to me now don't get me wrong all the other stuff we could get into you know having fun and laughing and joking all that type of mm -hmm. stuff but you asked what was the most interesting thing to me and that was and the fact that he jumped on the back <laughs> of a fucking 18 wheeler and got to miami at 13 years yeah. old like well that ain't so shocking, especially in the time period that ain't so shocking. True, true, but it was just we it was, was just... we was outside on bikes in a whole nother city. <laughs> we was as long as we was home before the street lights came on, nobody cared. Nothing about our well being. So that's not something to me. Yeah, but like that was that was to me the most interesting stuff. Like don't get me wrong, like yeah. we could get into all the other stuff, but like for me that that's what really was intriguing to me. How about you? So, I, I mean, we don't really have to necessarily get into all the messy stuff. That's not necessary. But um, the most intriguing thing to me was um, the, the great things that he had to say about uh, D.L. Hughley and Bernie Mac. And the reason I said that is because you know how, um, you know how much I, you know, I'm, I'm into comedy. And when I hear comics talk about other comics, I really appreciate it and enjoy it because that's like when you hear basketball players talking about other basketball players or football players talking about other football players. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Like they have a, a different point of view. You know what I'm saying? They have a different um they have a different way of, of observing they peers and they counterparts. You know what I'm saying? Uh, not too long ago, Ken Newton had made a comment about uh, Brock Purdy and Dak Prescott and some other guys who were saying that they're great game managers. And he wasn't saying it as a slight. He was just saying, you know, that this is what these guys do, you know, best. They can go in, they can make plays, but they know how to keep the momentum going so they can win games. And the analysts, all across, you know, different platforms were scolding him for it as if he didn't know what he was talking about. This is somebody who's been in the league for 10 years, was an MVP, played in the Super Bowl. I mean, hella accolades, stupid for 4,000 yards, you know, studied various playbooks, so on and so forth. I believe won a national championship. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is somebody who's been doing this for a long time. So his view of it is going to be totally different 
than somebody who's just been watching the game for a long time. And so him talking about, you know, saying the other comics and giving them their props and giving them their flowers, I thought that was dope because we don't get a chance to see that in that community a lot. And I don't know how much you pay attention to, you know, saying the comedy community, especially stand up. But a lot of them have podcasts, a lot of them have shows and stuff like that that I tend to watch because, you know, I love comedy. I love to laugh, that type of stuff. But when they get to telling stories and talking about each other and bringing each other up and, the, you know what I'm saying, the, the moments that they have, it's dope to see that because, you know what I'm saying, like that's like, like a real live brotherhood, you know what I mean? And the fact that, you know, he talked about Bernie Mac and he stood on, you know, he, he stood up for some things that, you know, was kind of said about Bernie Mac that shouldn't have been said. And, and you know what I'm saying? Even him talking about how great D.L. Hughley is and how good he is at what he does. You know, so I thought that was that was magnificent, man. Um, because amongst everything that was going on, I really felt like he was giving out a positive message. Aside from, you know what I'm saying, who he was kind of rebut, uh, rebutting against, you know, he was really putting out some names out there and he was talking about you know what I'm saying? So many different people. He even, you know what I'm saying, shouted out some of the younger comics out here um, <clears throat> who are getting on stage and doing their thing. And he, you know, shouted out a, a bunch of names that some may know and some may not know, and some definitely know. But the fact that, you know what I'm saying, he's out here doing this thing and then like him talking about how, you know what I'm saying, he put, I think he said it was 46. Something like 46 or 47. Yeah, like 46 women on stage, like bringing them on tour with them. Like, bro, that's you. Do you know how amazing that is? To constantly, he said he was on his like 19th tour or something like that. To be on your 19th tour, he said 100 City, I think. 100 and, City, yep. Yeah. And then to, to have, you know what I'm saying, almost 50 women comedians. Cause I don't know if we can still say female, but women comedians, right? To bring them on stage and to give them opportunities and to give them space to be able to hone their craft and work on their craft, gain the audience. And you and he sell out shows for real. But like to put them in front of that type of crowd, giving them that type of opportunity and experience, I think that was that was dope to hear. You know what I'm saying? Like it was a, it was a lot of good that came out of this, you know, saying episode. That conversation that they had was very, very poignant, bro. I was like, man, that's it's dope as hell to hear. And um, not to mention, he said he had ten kids. You know what I'm saying? Some I think some of them were adopted, and then some of them actually his. Yeah, seven of them was adopted. Yeah, that's fire, bro. Like, can you imagine? You know what I'm saying? Like being in a situation, and then you end up in that situation where you well taken care of. Bro. You know what I'm saying? You probably got in and everything you want. Like, that's dope as hell. So, you know what I'm saying? I thought it was it was super good, you know what I'm saying, to hear that. And then not only that, coming from a, a black man at that, I thought that was super dope to hear, man. Um, that's that's really what kind of caught me. And, of course, you know, you know what I'm saying, I was I was eager, eager to hear it because he's from Ohio. So, um, you know what I'm saying? Well, we don't get a chance to see our, our light shined out like that. Uh, outside of sports so i thought that was um amazing you know what i'm saying that he always made sure he repped you know what i'm saying cincinnati and dayton and i, I really appreciate that too 
<clears throat> yeah, I mean, all of that was like, how do I put this? I feel like the stuff that you're talking about and what I talked about is overshadowed by Absolutely. all of the other stuff. Now, yeah. was it entertaining? Oh, fuck yes. That yeah. shit was very entertaining. Yeah. Um, I think he told, I think what a lot of people need to understand about this is he told a lot of truths, but he also told a lot of fibs within the truths too. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, I don't think you go into something thinking, yo, he's telling the whole truth, so help me God. Like, no. And right. I think that, like, some of the stuff that he was saying, like, it started out with truths, and then mm-hmm. he just kind of threw, threw his sauce on it. You know what I mean? Well, you know, that's how you, that's how you get the message across, man. You yeah. Put the, the medicine in the can, you know? Exactly. And, and the thing is, everybody's starting to come out. Like, I watched the video before we got started. Um, Ice Cube went on uh, went on X and, you know, he spoke. And he was mm-hmm. just like, yeah, like, he was like, you know, let me set the record straight. Like, he was like, yeah, like, you know, Ricky Smiley auditioned for, you know, Money Mike. But, you know, Cat did it and we felt like Cat did it better. He was like, I well, think he, that, you he know. He was also on Ricky Smiley's show, too. He what? I said he also was on Ricky Smiley's uh, radio show, too. And, and Ricky Smiley had said, you know, I was supposed to get the part from Money Mike. You know, or Ice Cube was like, I mean, you know, you were supposed to get the part, but, you know, we was trying to find somewhere to put you because I guess he got cut out of uh, All About the Benjamins or something like that. So, oh, see, I didn't, yeah, see, I didn't hear that. Yeah, yeah, I guess he had got cut out, and then so Ice Cube was like, you know, the next movie we get, you know, I'm gonna make sure you in it, and you know that was the that was the reason he was the Santa Claus or ended up being the Santa Claus in this one because he wanted to make sure that he had a role that you know what I'm saying he was actually gonna be in the film this time. Um, but there, but the the story that he was saying was kind of you know gassed up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He, he put a little gas on that one. Yeah. And then, like, how Cat was saying that how he wrote, you know, everything for Money Mike. And mm-hmm. Ice Cube was like, yeah, he wrote some of it, but he was like, but at the same time, he's like, the script was is what got approved. And he was like, so we did a version <laughs> where he said the script. And then he was like, then we'll do two, three, four takes. We'll let him ad lib shit. So he was like, he was like, Money Mike wasn't even supposed to be that big of a role, but because Cat was killing it, yeah, you know what I'm saying, he got more. So, yeah. so like I said, Cat said, yeah, I wrote all the Money Mike. Ice Cube, like, I mean, we already had it written, but yeah, we we let Cat, you know, do Cat and everything yeah, that he did. I will say this though, because. The script can be written, but if if he improvised for majority of that role, you kind of gotta give him credit for that. Because no, 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 he did, he did. But all yeah, he was just saying that we did what the script said first. 
know. For and sure. Then, I mean, and, yeah. Yeah, and then he was like, then we was like, all right, do your thing this time. You know what I mean? But if you if you go back and even listen to when he was saying it though, that's what he was saying. He was saying like, yeah, in the script, this was the character, but regardless of what it was on the script, I still created the character. You know what I'm saying? Like the character comes to life because of my input and what I bring to the table. And I feel like with not him specifically, because I don't think he's a great actor. I think he's a decent actor. He's not a great actor. But when you look at the great actors, I think that's what they do, right? Like, if you look at Denzel, Denzel, he does that. Like, he, he creates the character. Like, I don't care what you put on the paper. The character doesn't come to life until, you know what I'm saying, he portrays it. And it's not even, to me, the words or what was written in the script. It's the, you know what I'm saying, the mannerisms. You know what I'm saying, the walk, the, you know what I'm saying, the, the cadence and what he's speaking. Um, the clothing that he wears, you know what I'm saying, stuff like that. I think that when when you do that, then yeah, you create that character, regardless of, you know what I'm saying, like what they already given you, because they can give you a character. But if you think about it, like who who do you think in that time, you know what I'm saying, it's a rhetorical question, you ain't got to answer though, but like who do you think in that time was going to be able to play that role you know what I'm saying, and and make that character as appealing as Cat Williams did. Yeah, I mean, look, you're right, but um, but the only point I was trying to make was like another thing that Ice Cube said, and he and he had a great example mm-hmm. um, when he said that you know Cat was saying that he went in there and basically said he wasn't going to do the rape scene, mm-hmm. and Ice Cube was like. You know, that's one of the things that he kind of embellished on. He said, because it was never a rape scene. He was like, he's like, there was, he said, there's no, he said, first of all, I don't like rape scenes in movies anyway. He was like, Mm -hmm. and if you know my movies, you know, I don't do that. And he was like, look at Players Club. He said, it was a black room and you used your imagination. They didn't show Ebony getting raped. Well, see, that's the okay. So now that's that's kind of like semantics, though, because yeah, they didn't show it, but we knew what happened exactly. So the same thing could have happened in that movie, though. Yeah, it could have, but he was saying that, um, he said the 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 vice script thing was already in the script, Mm -hmm. so he was just saying that, like, like, all the only point that I'm saying is like. Cat ain't just out here just flat out lying. No. But at the same time, he's taking truths. That's just like, all right, right? You mm-hmm. tell your girl, right? Hey, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to go run to a store real quick and I'll be back, right? You might mm-hmm. run, to, you might, you know what I'm saying? Run by, shoot, shoot by your cousin's house real quick, leave your cousin's mm-hmm. house. You know what I'm saying? You see your homeboy, you pull over, you go talk to him for a minute, then you go to the stove, then you're like, oh, shit. Then you go hit up your mom's house, and then you get home, but like, oh, man, that took you a minute. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Just, you know, I went to the stove, got back. Like, it's like, you ain't lying, but yeah. you did you go to the store. Shit. You definitely admitted some shit. Yeah, and, and I just think that that was some of the shit. I just think like that whole shit about Ricky Smiley talking about the only way he he got it in his contract. <laughs> Ricky Smiley, if he be in a movie with him, he gotta wear a dress. Like, come on, man. 
<laughs> you know can't lie about that shit. He ain't lying. I, hey man, hey man, listen. Like I like I said when I heard this interview, I'm not saying nobody lying, and I'm not saying nobody telling the truth. All I'm saying is it ain't too far fetched. Yeah, that's hilarious. Cause, cause we all know what the next movie was that he played, which we gotta do on this podcast. I've been saying it for a minute. Yeah, we gotta yeah. do first Sunday. First Sunday is fucking but hilarious. Dude, okay, so real quick, cause this is I think this is a topic I don't think we ever covered on here. The okay. the man the man in the dress thing, and specifically okay. black men in the dress, right? And I've mm-hmm. seen this like this compilation on YouTube where they were showing like all of these actors. And they, you know what I'm saying, like, you had Wesley Snipes. Um, and it was, and, and the funny, and the funny thing is, is, is always in a comedy. It's never in any other genre. Uh-uh, that one, that one Vin, Vin Rames did. That wasn't no comedy. Holiday Heart? Is that what that movie was called? Where he was a drag queen yeah. with three other, like, white dudes or something? No, you talking about Too Long Fu with Wesley Snipes. That's a comedy. Holiday Heart is the only exception because I don't, I, I never seen all of it, but I know Ving Rhames is definitely in the dress. You're right. So, but I'm saying, okay, so majority of the movies yeah. are comedies, right? So, mm-hmm. or and not even movies, just in general, it's comedy, right? So, like Flip Wilson a long time ago, he did it. Um, uh, Martin Lawrence did it. Eddie Murphy's done it. Um, Jamie Wesley Fox, Spikes, Jamie Fox, uh, Tracy Morgan, Ari Spears, um, Kevin Hart, uh, Tyler Perry. Uh, I mean, the list just the list went. I think Brandon T. Jackson did it. The list went on and on and on, and it's like it's crazy to me that. It's like it's just this thing, and it's like I don't, you don't see anybody else really doing this, but it's it always seems to be black men, and I'm not saying that nobody else has done it. If if somebody else has done it, then that's cool because everybody remembers Mrs. Doubtfire, and everybody I think Jim Carrey has done it before, but Mrs. Doubtfire to me is a little bit different. Because of the, the setup of the story, it made sense, but I, I still don't think he would have had to do that. But just in general, though, right? Like to me, I feel like with them doing this, it has taken away from some of those women comedians. I'm sorry, I can't do this. Female comedians who could have gotten those, and I, I posted this earlier, right? I, I I feel like it takes away opportunities for female comedians to be able to shine their light and, and showcase their skills in somebody's role. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's not necessary for a man to put on a, a dress to portray a woman when you can just go find a woman to put in that role. It's not going to make it less funny. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If you found an older black lady to play Medea, She's going to be just as funny if she has those same characteristics as the older black ladies that he's portraying. Yeah. Maybe even funnier because she is a woman. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I, I, I never understood that. 
And I always, I always would look at that like that's so crazy to me, seeing that these guys would have to. And I'm not saying have to, but these guys ended up like in this position, playing like women. It, it just, it always, it was always a weird thing to me. Um, I agree with you. I, I, I never understood why, you know, a woman couldn't be in a role where she is, you know, what she is and just being funny. Like, I don't, and I, and, and I also noticed that, you know, some of these, you know, internet, Facebook, Instagram, comedians, they be doing a lot of this shit too. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When they got the whole wig on and you yeah. know what I mean? And it's like, I mean, y- y'all can't be funny being a dude. Like, you, you got to portray yourself as being a woman to be funny. Exactly. Exactly. Like, you know, the whole little thing, oh, girls be like, like, okay, but like a girl couldn't. Just get a girl to do it. Exactly. Like, yeah, I never. It's weird. Bro. It's weird. <sighs> that's something I and really it... can't. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. But that's something I really couldn't put my finger on either. It's like, why Why do we all... Because like you said, Mrs. Doubtfire is a totally different, completely different situation. Yeah. But like, even when, you know, Martin did it on, you know, with Bay and Shanene and stuff, it's like, okay. But when they came to Big Mama House, it's like, all right, we, we just couldn't... Like, I don't know, man. It, it just felt like I'm with you, and I it's, I, I just it, think that it, it took it took away from a woman that, that could have stepped into it exactly and, exactly yeah like imagine I, I, imagine if imagine if some more could have got one of them roles you know what I'm saying imagine if you know Linnell uh, could have got one of them roles um even now like imagine if Jess Hilarious can get one of those roles or B Simone could get one of those roles. Um, you know, so just like it's so many female comedians out there. You know what I'm saying? Miss Lord could have got one of those roles. Um uh um um Sherry Shepherd, you know what I'm saying? When she was on Jamie Foxx stuff, she was doing her thing, she's hilarious. Um the it, I mean it just it's it's so many it's to me, I just felt like so many opportunities were taken away from the female comedians in that time, and even still today, because you know this this whole let's let's put them in a dress. Like we don't have to do that. Let's find a let's find a funny lady. Let's put her in that dress and have her do the same thing. And I guarantee you, if it's funny, it's gonna be funny. And if it's not, it's not. Man, that's just like uh. The, the character that that Ricky Smiley played in um Don't first make. Sunday. Dude, Jess? I think no, Jess bro. It's a no, it's a it's a it's a girl. Her I think her her tag is at the Christie show. She plays an old black church lady. And she I think she only like in her twenties. She plays an old black church lady. She could have did this role a thousand times over. And and for Ricky Smiley, like that's something that he's been doing forever. We know that. Yeah. Like that's one of his actual jokes. So that's not shocking. But to like at the time, bro, it's it's so many it's so many people you could have put in there. It's it's just it's so many people you could have 
you could have put a Linnell in there. You could have put Miss Lower in there. Like, it's, it's other people that could have played that role. You know what I'm saying? Adele Givens could have been in one of these roles. You know what I'm saying? Um, what's the what's the one lady? She on the talk show right now. She was in Players Club. She was hanging around. Uh, uh, Ronnie, fuck, what's her name? Oh my god! What's oh, her name? I know you talking about dark skin lady with the big teeth. Yeah. Oh shit! I forgot her name. I know exactly who you're talking about. But she though. she is hilarious. Like even because I think she on the talk right now. Even on the talk, she funny. You know what I'm saying? She's always been a funny comedian. You know, like, start putting these women in the positions to win, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just I, I just don't understand. That's that's just my opinion personally. But, you know, it's just I, I, I don't get why, you know what I'm saying, that's, that's a thing in comedy. Because truthfully, it's not funny. Nothing about it is funny. You know what I'm saying? The, the person is funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? The person is hilarious. But the person is going to be hilarious because the person is hilarious. So if you find another hilarious person who happens to be a woman, the role is still going to be hilarious. It's, it's Nobody's going to not laugh at it because it's a woman in a dress. Nobody is laughing at it because it's a man in a the dress. They're laughing at it because of who the person is. If you take the dress off of them and they do the same thing, it's still going to be funny. The yep. dress don't make it, yeah. The dress don't make it funnier. So that's just my opinion. I'm with you. I agree with you. I agree with you. And and like the only other thing that I would add to that is, and it seems to be, I mean, look, Martin kind of did it with with um Big Mama House, but Eddie Murphy, man, when you look at Norbit. When you look mm-hmm. at uh um uh another professor. professor, it's like it's always a thing with like bigger black women where mm-hmm. it's like that's funny. Right. And it's just like why? Like mm-hmm. that was always like Eddie's thing. Now don't get me wrong, like Eddie played a bunch of different size characters when he played all his mm-hmm. characters in another professor and also he played like a person his size in norbit in the bigger black lady but like right but it's just like i don't know i don't know but it, it's always seemed kind of kind of weird and like even with I mean, the, for the internet guys doing yeah. it too i mean for the most part i mean think about how many roles they took for monique monique could have been a whole bunch of things I don't think she's as funny as a stand-up as people think, but on film, she kills. Yeah. She's a killer on film, bro. So, I mean, I just, I don't, I don't know, man. I just thought that was odd. But, I mean, for the most part, um, that interview was, like I said, I mean, interview, that episode was amazing, man. I think, you know, something Cat Williams came in and he did what he was supposed to do. He entertained, he informed. And he put on the show, and, and not for nothing, man. Senator Sark, hell of a job. I salute him. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I don't. I don't think he could have been done any better. Yep. Hey, he 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 let them cook, man. And that's what you're Absolutely. supposed to do in those situations, man. You let people cook, and he was cooking. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, moving on, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we get it from, you know what I'm saying? Uh. From that to, you know what I'm saying, a, a story that was told 
you know what I'm saying, about one of the greatest groups in hip-hop, um, one of the uh, legendary group in hip-hop, you know what I'm saying, probably the uh, the face of gangster rap, you know what I'm saying? If if you put these guys anywhere, I'm sure everybody would know them. Um, we're talking about NWA and in the, in the biography straight out of Compton. Amazing film. Um, this movie was about uh, the the start and the trials and tribulations and the accomplishments of the members of NWA, Ice Cube, um, Easy E, Dr. Dre, uh, DJ Yella, and um, why does the name escape me, brother? What did you say? Is the Ice Cube, Dr. Dre, Easy E, DJ Yella, MC Ren? MC Ren. MC Ren. Yeah. Uh, DLC too. Well, DLC came later, later. Later. And I don't yes. think, yeah, he went, I don't think he was never actually officially a part of NWA. I think he just worked closely with Dr. Dre. Yeah. Because I think DLC came around the time of uh, when he was, when Dre and him was on death row. He hung around them, well, that's, but that's he never put that they, down. Yeah, that's one of their cousins. Yeah, I think it's Dr. Dre cousin or something like that. But uh, DLC was like his his stand his his um arrival is uh the the Snoop Dogg song. Yeah, he helped write Snoop Dogg song, so I think that was around like Death Row. You're right though; he was there, but I think his actual presence was um Death Row. So. I mean, it even showed the beginning of Death Row, too, you know what I'm saying? And Aftermath, which I thought was dope. Um, so, watching this, I'm not sure how much you actually know about NWA. and You know what I'm saying? I know you was definitely alive by the time they uh, was out doing their thing, because I think we both was. You know what I'm saying? We was definitely younger, but... Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um... NWA specifically has a place in my heart because um, if it wasn't for EZE, we wouldn't have Bone Thugs and Harmony. And of course, they're from Cleveland, Ohio. So, you know, everybody from Ohio, I definitely show love and rep to. So, um, yeah, I, major shout out to EZE, NWA, and everybody else. So, watching this, um, I'm not gonna ask the usual question. I got an even better question for you. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Watching this, <laughs> what did you what did you learn about NWA? What did I learn? I mean, <clears throat> I mean, my knowledge of NWA um, before this movie was just you know things that I heard really kind of around the way. Um, you know, I didn't know any of the Jerry Heller stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And my whole thing was I never understood why, until I watched this movie, why Eazy-E was so, you know, held to this high standard. Because my recollection of NWA was like, yo, like, Ice, Ice Cube is that guy. Like, like why is... Mm -hmm. Why is Easy E held so high? I was like, because 
to me, like Ice Cube is rapping the hardest. Like I was like, I don't, yeah. I don't understand why everybody talking about Easy. But then I understood, like, oh, he was really the one who funded this whole thing. You know what I'm He's saying? He's actual gangster. Yeah, he was. Yeah, was the actor because I mean, Ice Cube went. To, you know, he went to school with, with the white people. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because he was he was smart. I mean, Ice Cube is one of the greatest writers that we never talk about. Like, Absolutely. then when it even comes to uh, the uh, even the album when it was N.W.A. and the Posse, like uh, Boys mm-hmm. in the Hood, he wrote Boys in the Hood. Boys mm-hmm. in the Hood is about Easy E and Easy E mm-hmm. rapped it. You know, so it's like, um, so I didn't know. I learned. Well, I learned that. The reason why Easy was held so high because he was the one who funded this whole thing. Like he was the mm-hmm. one who really kicked it off. Now, was he the the mastermind of it? No, because they kind of already had something going, but you know they just really didn't really have a direction. They didn't really have the money to have a direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know Dre was doing his thing with Yella, and and you no, know, they just waiting till the dude the lead so they could play some rap shit. <laughs> Like so, it was just a lot of like, uh, I, like I knew like the 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 fundamental shit of like straight out of Compton, fuck the police, you know what I'm saying? Um, uh, boys in the hood, um, dope man. Like I just knew like you know that type of shit. But <laughs> dope I, man is a funny song. Dope man is the all time shit. That that's my favorite NWA song. The dope man. Okay. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, like that was that was that was what I've noticed. But I would like to add before, you know, you answer, you know, your own question is that to me, out of all the biopics that I've seen, mm-hmm. I think this is the best one, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Better than Ray. Better than Ray. And. And when I say like like you, that was a good, I like how you did that there because you you didn't bring up a rap one, but like because I think like the the general public would probably say like probably like Selena, and Selena was good, but like well, Selena different though. We don't Selena know too is, much about Selena. So. Yeah, like well you know mo- most people that like it was just really the movie we just saw the movie and we was like oh yeah. shit because I've never even and you know. I didn't know who the fuck Selena I've was. I never heard of Selena until Jennifer Lopez campaigns on. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying, but you know, but it, it's crazy as fuck to know that somebody that was ahead of a goddamn fan club shot her ass. Like, well, what the fuck? But like, Some John Lennon shit. Yeah. So no, I'm just saying, like, to me, it it, it was just like one of the best ones. I I think the one that's that's gonna come close to this one mm-hmm. is the one that Snoop is getting worked on right now. Did you think this was better than? Did you watch Bohemian Rhapsody? No, I didn't watch Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay, no. well, never mind then. Um, did you watch Ali? I, well, I know you watched Ali. You think this is better than Ali? Oh, so you're just doing all. See, I was talking musical. I mean, you, okay, you talking about music? Okay, well, never mind. Then. Never mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. I might. I might. That might be my fault. I might have worded that wrong. I was meaning musically. Uh, because mm-hmm. I mean, if we're talking about biopics, biopics. No, it's probably Malcolm X. Oh, but sure. yeah. yeah, I was talking about music, like okay, you know, like notorious yeah, all eyes. Well, notorious, 
let's not even do that. Let's not do that. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm just saying, like, I'm just you know yeah. naming like other music ones, but no, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. talking about I'm talking about music. Like my, that, that was my mistake. Good correction. Music biopics. I think that this is the best one. Oh, okay. Have you ever seen Crush Groove? I've seen it. Yes. You do you think it was better than Crush Groove? I do. <laughs> I'm sorry, yo. I hold this movie to a high standard, dude. Yo. Oh, we- yeah. Yo, this this to me like this shit was so fire, man. Mm-hmm. It was so fire to me, man. The way the way it was put together. Yeah. You know how they I mean, obviously they they went off of their timeline, so it's not the way that they lined it up because it's their timeline. But mm-hmm. like how they even took the story and and now obviously we didn't go deep into MC Rand and and, and uh, DJ Yella as much as we yeah. went into the other you people, can't, you can't go too deep with DJ Yellow. Yeah, because DJ Yellow just trying to fuck something. Like at the end of he the day, like it, he that, definitely was ended up in porn. Yeah, so that was that was <laughs> all his thing. But like, but yeah, I, I just I just thought that man, the, the way they put it together, and then like I say, I do got a little bit of bias to F. Gary Gray as well. Um, but like, yeah, like to me, this this is like musically. The best biopic that I've seen them put together because that's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, but um, but for you, man, that, that same question that you asked me. So I learned that you know what I'm saying at the time where uh, lyricism still reigned supreme, that Ice Cube wrote all of their raps. I was very disappointed in learning that information. Um. You know what I'm saying? I knew about, I knew about. Uh, well, Ren uh, wrote his though. That's what they say. I ain't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't believe that. You know what I'm saying? I heard it. I heard MC Ren sing, nigga. Ice Cube wrote that shit in interview. Uh, I, you know what I'm saying? I knew about Dr. Dre in the world class wrecking crew and everything else like that. So that didn't really, you know, and that wasn't that new. Um, but the, the the one thing I was interested in seeing, though, was pretty much, just like you said, everything about Q. Um, you know what I'm saying? Seeing Q portray this image of being a gangster and being this hardcore street dude and knowing that this nigga really had a great life is crazy. This nigga was Clarence. Wow. <laughs> this nigga was Clarence. Wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like this nigga was the real life Clarence. I thought that. Yeah. I thought that was very interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> because, him. Yeah. Because all my life, I always thought that Ice Cube was like this hardcore street dude, and I had no idea. That this nigga is, you know what I'm saying? He he out here with the intellectual. So, I mean, I was happy about knowing that, but you know what I'm saying? I just it that was just something that I learned. Um, for the most part, though, it wasn't really too much that I kind of didn't know, especially with um, you know what I'm saying? Like Drake leaving and creating aftermath, even though they skipped over the whole death row thing for real, for real, because uh, death row. 
was super, super prominent at this time. And Aftermath didn't come until, like, after Death Row. So, like, when he st- when he walked to the window, I was like, yeah, creating a new label. It's going to be called Aftermath. And I was like, nah, man, this, that ain't how that shit went. And then uh, <laughs> I didn't know that they created. <laughs> oh, Lord. I didn't know that they created a song for Snoop in the middle of the living room on the piano like that. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, the way that they portrayed them coming up with that song, girl. You know what I'm saying? Like this, like that, and like this. And I'm sure that's about how it went, but it was funny just to see that. And then randomly <laughs> throw that in there. And that this nigga, Dr. J, just at the piano playing and Snoop, like, nah, I got the rap for that. Nah, man, shut up. That's not how that went. <laughs> that's not how that went at all. Nigga, I know for a fact that's not how that went because that's the song DOC had helped write. So I know for a fact that's not how that went at all. Um, yeah, that's hilarious. But no, nah, man, uh, all in all, though, you know what I'm saying? Like, to me, this movie is, um, excuse me, this movie is super refreshing because out of, you know what I'm saying? Like, out of all the movies that had, because I think the Tupac movie and the Biggie movie had either. I know the Biggie movie came before that. Yes. yes. And I think either the Tupac movie was after this or like right it, before this. It was like, I think it was like right after, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Okay. I know for a fact, like these were like super, super close in time. Um, and the Tupac movie was cool, right? Like, a lot of people like, kill it, man. It was cool. It, it wasn't terrible. Um, it it wasn't it wasn't terrible. Like people tried to make it out like it was terrible. Okay, so it came out two thousand seventeen. This came out two thousand fifteen. So this came out, yeah. Okay, so this came out like, yeah. So that's, luckily this was out. So this, yeah. the Tupac movie wasn't as bad. If the Tupac movie came out before this, we be we really be killing the Tupac movie. The, the yeah. thing I didn't like about the Tupac movie though was it's so much about Tupac that they could have talked about and done. And because they don't really have anybody that, you know what I'm saying, is like in control of that estate to where like they can, you know what I'm saying, like give the go about certain stuff, it make it a little bit hard to make a movie like that. I'm, I'm going to tell you my biggest problem with with the Tupac one. Mm-hmm. Especially now, seeing um, uh, what did they name it? Um, the Dear the, Mama. the Hulu joint, Dear Mama. Yeah. Especially now that Dear Mama that came out. Mm-hmm. So with Dear Mama coming out, now I'm like, yo, this movie was way too early. They should have waited. Absolutely. But number two, I think that the thing with Tupac was that we're talking about a period of time from like eighteen to twenty five where so much fucking shit happened in such a short amount of time, it's hard to do a movie with two hours. And I think that that is the biggest issue with Tupac is because it was, it was, it was well, so not, much. Not really. How, how long was it? Was Straight Outta Compton? Straight Outta Compton was two, two, 227. 
And how long was the Tupac movie? The Tupac movie was 219. Bro, the if Straight Outta Compton can put together a story about five individuals and really cover three, and then cover that whole span in, in which they did it. Because they span was only from like the 80s to like damn near the mid 90s. They shit went well, that long either. It, it, well, this is the thing though. Like, I, I think that with Tupac's life being what it is and the importance of his mother, and I just felt like. They they skipped over a lot of stuff really fast. Me too. That's why I say it's it's so much about his life. Cause I yeah. don't think because I think his mom passed when they was making this movie. Out. She had already passed, right? Wait a minute. She passed in. Oh man, I watched their mama earlier this year. She 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 might have. I think she was had already gone. right around that time. Yeah, I was. I think she was already gone before you know. Saying all this had started like being put together because it wasn't no way. It it was too much. It was too much stuff in there that shouldn't have been in there. You know what I'm saying? Like his his whole the whole childhood part. We could have that could have been a, a quick little fifteen minutes, and then we could have moved on to everything else. Because it was so much other stuff that you know what I'm saying we should have got. We should have, you know what I'm saying, the, the whole thing with him and Digital Underground, that was super significant. You know what I'm saying? We didn't get a lot of that. But I don't want to get, because it's like the Tupac joint, so I don't want to get too deep into it. But um, the fact that they were able to make straight out of Compton the way that they did, you know what I'm saying? Having to focus on five different people and the lives and careers of five different people. And and even though they mainly focused just on easy. Uh, Dre and Q, even still, to do that with three different people, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And as much as they had accomplished and done, you know what I'm saying, from you know, saying the beginning to the still, not even the ending yet. Well, RIP, easy, easy, he is dead, but um, but for them to still have continuing careers and not be able to even, you know what I'm saying, like in the story for real. Um, I thought that that was uh, super dope. What I also thought was dope too was really, I think this was more so paying the homage to Easy. You know, what I'm saying this was this was really them getting his story out. You know, what I'm saying talking about how great he was and the things he did, and yeah, he had a little you know, what I'm saying situation with Jerry Heller, but I think this was. You know what I'm saying? People, them showing people like, yo, without Easy, we would have never got to this spot. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, he's the one who helped us get here. He's the one who helped us create the image. You know what I'm saying? Like, without Easy, I don't think NWA would ever be born. And, you know what I'm saying? He not only did that for NWA, but he also did that for Bone Thugs and Harmony. So to, to know that, you know what I'm saying? And I didn't like that either. They ain't put both Thugs and Harmony in there. That wasn't cool. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, I can see, I can see how you said it because, like, even, even in the new edition story, they showed you how Boys the Man got on, how they sung in front of, uh, I think, I think it was Ronnie. I forget which uh, one it they was, saw. It was one of them from Bell Bell Bell, for sure. Yeah, 
and one like it just showed them singing in front of him in in a, in a parking lot. So was it Michael Bivens? It might have no, been Michael. The, I think it, he was the. I think it was right. No, was, no, no, no. Who was DeVoe? Is, is Ronnie DeVoe? I think Ron. Is it? I think. I man, know. I know I for sure it's not Bill. It's it's Beaver. Uh, DeVoe. Yeah. yeah, it might have been DeVoe, but like even they even show, but at the same time, the new edition was a, like it was like four parts. So yeah, yeah. They were able to put more stuff in there because it was broken I mean, up. You right, but I mean if we can get Snoop Dogg popping up while Dr. J playing the piano, like hey cuz I got something for this, you know what I'm saying? We can get the introduction to both as a hundred, you know what I'm saying? Or at least a mention, like you know, I got this group out in Ohio. They can't say nothing about both of them. They they didn't, they didn't. But I but I also think that you know that they did focus a little bit more on Easy because I, I th honestly I think it because he is dead. Yeah, um, right. And like even the beginning of the movie, I mean that's that was. You want to talk about intros to a movie? Yeah. That shit is dope as fuck. Yeah. Um, you know, easy going in there, and then you know the battle ram. Then they come busting in mm -hmm. and knock the girl clean through the wall almost. Mm -hmm. uh, that shit was hard, but um, but yeah, like I hear what you're saying. It would it would have been, but I just felt like. Probably with the with the time constraints that they was trying to stick it to, and then also, you know, you had to put the whole stuff in there with the Rodney King stuff. And now, do I think Super all of them wrote? Yeah. Do do I think all of them rolled through like that? I don't know. I just think it's a little ironic that all of them would have been driving their cars down. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't. Normally. I don't. Not at that time. Only reason I said that is because. You got to think of how significant that moment was in history. And it was a lot of people out there. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of people out there. It's people that, that tell the story that you would have never thought was there. So, I mean, now, are those people telling the truth? I don't know. But I wouldn't be surprised if they were i don't know like you said like they all just happen to be driving their cars and that's weird but not nah, like them being there though maybe not at the same time but i believe yeah like, they all were they definitely all were there for sure i think so yeah and the whole you know ice cube being in the club easy being there and you know he finally talked to Q. not that that didn't happen because you know but it's just the fact that, you know, they was able to have the conversation and then, you know, he was able to tell easy, like, yo, like, I didn't even want to beef with y'all. Yeah, like y'all started with me. Mm -hmm. Like, I was just like, you know, let bygones be bygones. But also to to piggyback out what you said earlier, I think if Ice Cube wasn't in those situations, I think Ice Cube would have signed that deal with everybody else. I think because Cube being exposed to a little bit more, knowing like, yo, like I need a lawyer to look over this contract. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Cube's like, nah, like he was smart enough, like he had 
two-parent household where you know they was able to tell him some things and he was to you know he knew like off the rip like nah like this ain't right right like you know what i'm saying so i think that we yeah maybe maybe q wasn't i still think i still think like this is what i mean like like my like okay use me for instance like growing up like yeah i stayed in the house with my dad and my grandmother and aunt and uncle, you know, we had a house full. So like I had a family oriented thing, but mm-hmm. like where I stayed. So like around here, like we got this one, this one road, right? This one stretch of road is called Sunnyside Drive. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, if you're from here, you know, like, you know, Sunnyside Drive ain't, you know, it ain't so sunny. You know what I mean? <laughs> it ain't where you want to be. Yeah. You know what I'm right. saying? A certain and like even off of that road, we had this place called Victor Court. And like that was the one thing my dad would tell me, like, hey, just just don't be hanging out in Victor Court. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so like if you look at the road, like the top road was Hampton Road. We lived on Hampton Road, but Hampton Road intersected with Sunnyside Drive. Mm-hmm. So did I find myself on Sunnyside Drive? Yeah. I was on Sunnyside Drive all the time. Right. So yeah, I was around a lot of stuff but i wasn't in it you know what i'm saying and i think that's the situation with cube i think yeah yeah he had a two-parent household he went to a nice school and all this type shit Mm -hmm. but cube still was in the hood though like he still hung out with dudes in the hood Mm -hmm. so like these lyrics that he's putting together and all this type stuff he's still showing you a reflection of what he sees but then at the same time he's educated enough to know like yo I'm not signing this contract without a lawyer. Mm-hmm. So I just think that Q was able to have both ends of this whole thing. And, you know, Easy E, I mean, they don't show a parent in sight <laughs> with Easy E through this whole movie. I think I think Easy was older too. You gotta remember, like I think Easy probably was what, maybe 17, 18 around this time. Well, Cube was only 17, 18. Yeah. Maybe 16. Maybe. Easy, easy 18, 17 is way different. Yeah, different. I'm thinking Easy was more like 20, 21, it felt like. Maybe. Maybe. I was thinking, you know what I'm saying, like they were about like younger. But, I mean, he could have been. He could have been early 20s. Yeah. And, but yeah, I, I I didn't know, and I will tell you this: I didn't know beforehand that Easy couldn't couldn't and didn't know how to rap. I didn't know that. I'm not yeah, I'm not shocked at that. I'm not shocked at that at all. You got to remember, like, what time we talking about? We talking about the '80s. Like, rap is is brand spanking new. It's only been out at this time, probably what maybe not even ten years at this point. You know? What I'm yeah, and then we're talking about the West Coast too. Like they. Exactly, exactly. You know, but like, they still, yeah, this... they they still listening to, to Parliament Funkadelic out there around this time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Still, so, I see. Well, yeah, that's true. But I mean, even with Ice T, Ice T, he when he was rapping, I mean, shit, he ended up going to New York because that's where yeah. all the, you know, what I'm saying that's where all the rap stuff was. So, yeah, like. I, I wasn't I wasn't shocked that he didn't know how to and you gotta remember too, like a lot of people try to make it seem like 
especially now, people do a whole bunch of revisionist history. So, like, my grandma used to tell me when I was younger about how, like, <laughs> when I was a kid, she used to, tell, like, tell me a whole bunch of stories about the past and stuff. And she was, like, she never understood how, you know, everybody claimed to be, like, so cool with Martin Luther King. Like, how they loved Martin Luther King. She was, like, when Martin Luther King first started doing everything, she was, like, people didn't fuck with Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. She said they, they wasn't fucking with Martin Luther King like that. You know what I'm saying? And then now, like, you talk to everybody, like, yeah, Dr. King was da 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 And they, they talk like they loved him so much. You know what I'm saying? When rap started coming out, bro, nobody fucked with rap music. Niggas didn't nah. even think rap music was going to be a thing. Yeah, you know that, that, that that dude that owned that club, he kept telling kept telling um Drake, stop playing that shit. Like, don't nobody want to yeah. hear that. That's what I'm saying. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's not, it's not shocking that you know, especially in New York. In New York, they was really killing this shit. So I can only imagine all the way over at the West Coast where it didn't even got to all the way yet that, yeah, they just ain't, they just ain't riding with it. I'm not shocked that Evie couldn't rap. A lot of niggas can't rap. You know what I'm Today. <laughs> Today. <laughs> so... <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? Shit, that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, but but to see his growth though was amazing. You know what I'm saying? The, yeah. His dedication to the craft and um, you know, them not really even knowing that they're creating something or helping to create something. You know what I'm saying? And not even understand what they're doing. Like, imagine if there was no NWA. You know what I'm saying? It probably wouldn't have been a death row. You know what I'm saying? Tupac may not have been as big as he would. You know what I'm saying? We may have never gotten Snoop Dogg. Um, We may have never got the Dog Pound. We may have never got Doggy's Angels. You know what I'm saying? We may have never got Kendrick Lamar, The Game. You know what I'm saying? It's it's so much that NWA put a stamp down for on the West Coast. I don't think people really understand where they they place in hip-hop was. You know what I'm saying? Um... Shit, we would have never got the East Coast, West Coast beef. It, it's a bunch of shit we would have never got in history. Um, if it wasn't for these guys kind of, you know, putting their neck out and, you know what I'm saying, creating these songs that, you know, kind of laid out the blueprint for everybody else going forward. And I, what I always thought was dope about NWA was, you know, it was their POV of life. Everything about their music was their POV of life. Everything was real. Regardless if they lived it or not, it was still real. It was talking about living in the areas that they were from. And it always, you know what I'm saying, always talked about that. Whether it be something like, you know what I'm saying, fuck the police. Or whether it be talking about Compton. Um, you know what I'm saying, just anything. Just always talking about what's going on around, you know what I'm saying, their life and what affects it and how it affects them, so on and so forth. Like, they, they shit was real, and it always had a message to it, regardless of what they was talking about. Yeah, I think, I think, it's, I think it's three songs, man. I think it's mm-hmm. Express Yourself, Straight Outta mm-hmm. Compton, and Fuck the Police. Yeah. Where it's like, 
if we don't have those three songs, those three identities, like, yeah, it's like, it's hard to imagine. Not that the rap game wouldn't be what it is today. I just think that this jump started it. Like, it got it there faster. Was like, yeah, you got it. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's like, it's like, because like those three songs, it's kind of like, oh, shit, we, we can do that. Like, we really can, like, get on a record and talk like this. And you know what I mean? Like, because it, it was like the New York rap was was different at that particular time before they really like it might have been some stuff. It was a little underground. But also, I think those three songs and also getting a letter from the FBI. It's like, oh. We, we can. You know what I'm saying? We get recognition from the FBI. We got this. This, this oh, I forget what that black lady's name. Going on, on Tucker. Yeah. You got them, you know what I'm saying? Getting on us like this. We got people out here. Yo, Easy had the greatest line. Like when they was out there stepping on all the records and the vinyls and shit. He was like, shit. He said, they can do what they want. He said, they bought them motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, like they paid for them or so whatever. Like we don't yeah. care what you do with them. So, yeah, I, I definitely think that like without NWA, like maybe, maybe it would have took people a little longer to, Express themselves, but not necessarily. Not necessarily. I think what what really what really was going on was you had a culmination of consciousness going around. Um, damn, I felt like Dr. Umar saying some shit like that. <laughs> but you, you know what I'm saying? You had you had this thing where on the West Coast you had NWA talking about everything that's going on and giving out the message on the West Coast. On the East Coast, you had KRS One. You had Rakim. You had all of them doing the same thing. You know what I'm saying? So at this time in hip hop, this is like the damn near the beginning of gangster rap and conscious hip hop all at the same time. You know what I'm saying? And this is this is really bringing the genre to the forefront and really making this shit like catch catch wildfire. Like this shit is going crazy because KRS One. Rock Um I'm trying to think around the time. Who else? Who else? Who else? Uh, a trap all questions coming around after a little bit after this. Um, you know what I'm saying? The whole native tongue, the jungle buckers, you know what I'm saying? All of them and you know, all of them are on their way coming in New York. And then on the West Coast, you got Snoop, you got, you know what I'm saying, Pop Bubbler, you got the whole you know what I'm saying? Like so you can see this. You see this like this, even though it's super separate, but it, in a weird way, it's still together. Like you see rap like slowly creeping its way up to the top around this time. I agree. I agree with you. I was just saying like maybe it wouldn't have, but I was just saying like they significance of the time, like with oh, this yeah. coming out eighty eighty seven ish, eighty nine ish, up in there. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, like they 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 took the bullet for a lot of shit. I can tell you that. Absolutely. They took Absolutely. the bullet I for mean, you know. You right about that. Like like you said, they got fucked the police on the west coast, and then you got KRS one going whoop whoop. That's the sound of the beast. You know what I'm saying on the east coast. So you are you are one hundred percent right about that. The only difference is, I think with NWA that shit was so much more in your face. So much more raw and rugged. It was just like, yo, we ain't, we not about to 
sugarcoat none of this. You know what I'm saying? You know, they got the authority to kill a minority. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we need to fight <laughs> this shit. Like, nigga, this is what's happening, okay? We getting shot in the streets. You know what I'm saying? Niggas is out here selling dope. Niggas is in gangs. You know what I'm saying? It's fist fights, gunshots. You know what I'm saying? Riots, all that shit. You know what I mean? So I, I think that you are absolutely right. They definitely put, you know what I'm saying? If if the East Coast is anything, the East Coast might be the right foot, but the West Coast is definitely the left foot. Like, yeah. that shit is simultaneous for the motherfucking man. Definitely. I agree with you. I like how you put that, though. That was nice. Yeah, man. I mean, because, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think a lot of times we kind of get confused when we're talking about rap music or just, like, just hip-hop in general. We forget that. You know, the West Coast really played a major, major part in this shit, too. You know what I'm saying? Not just with, you know what I'm saying, NWA, but if you think about it, like, the fact that Dr. Dre was spinning funk records and disco records, R&B records, they created the sound out of that shit. You know what I'm saying? They they had their own sound out of there. That's, that's hard to do. You know what I'm saying? For the sound to even catch on the way it did. They were just making rap songs out of old funk records. Yeah. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? A lot of the shit that they was doing was George Clinton and Bootsy Collins and uh uh um you know what I'm saying, Roger and Zap and a whole bunch of other guys that was out there at the time doing these type of records. You know what I'm saying? Um just they just finding ways to you know what I'm saying I don't want to say recycle but like reuse this you know what I'm saying like reinterpret this music and putting their own spin on it and yeah the shit sound the shit sound crazy you know what I'm saying if you if you hear that that shit sound crazy if you just listening to that for the first time ever you know what I'm saying? And then you just hear Easy E come in rapping, you'll be like, what the fuck is this? Like, bro, that shit sounds amazing, bro. Like, go back. I, I challenge anybody. Go back and listen to all those early NWA records with, like, the new technology, like, the new headphones. And the new... Man, when you hear that shit, bro, you're going to be like, these niggas are putting some shit together. They was not playing putting this music together, bro. Oh, yeah. For sure, one thousand percent. You know what I'm saying? That's nope. killing shit, man. Um, but you you brought up a good point. Um, Easy E, uh, at a meeting at the White House. Uh, mm-hmm. the first nigga to do so, actually. You yep. know what I'm saying? And and rap, he was the he was the first one to go to the talk to the president. Um, and didn't go in there with a suit. Didn't go in there with a suit and a Jerry Curl with a uh, 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 Los Angeles Raiders skull cap on. Yep. You know what I'm saying? West Coast till he die. I respect that. Yep. Um, but I thought that was dope, you know what I'm saying, to, to go in there and have a meeting. Well, who's that, Reagan? It was My the 80s, Bush. Reagan, wasn't it? I think it was Bush. You sure? Well, yeah, because Reagan was president when I was born, 
Right. Bush Bush was after that. I was born in 85. That didn't ring off till like 89, 88, 89. I think Reagan might have been out. I think a little bit before that. Bill Clinton was the president with 92. No, because hold on a minute. So Reagan ninety four. It might yeah, I think he a little later because I think Bush served first Bush. I think both of them served twice. You know what? It might have been ninety four. So that means that the first Bush was the nineties. Yeah, the nineties. Yeah, the early nineties. Late. That's what I'm like, saying. So late eighties, early nineties. It it had to be Reagan. It was one of them. I know that for a fact. Yeah, one I of think them. it, it might have been Reagan, bro. You know what I'm saying? Um, either way, the snicker was at the White House. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and the full regalia, full West Coast regalia. You know what I'm saying? Doing this thing, putting off the, you know what I'm saying, the blokes. And um, like you said, you know, they, they had the FBI, you know what I'm saying, putting them down the police. Uh, was on their ass 24-7, checking them left and right. Uh, even the scene where, you know, so they have them laying face down outside in front of the studio. And then uh, I still got up, got mad, and wrote, fuck the police. Um, oh, funny thing about that. Yeah. So they didn't put this in the movie, mm-hmm. but uh, – Dre talked about it on the interview where he said, so when that happened, he had some charges for, I can't remember exactly what it was. And he was like, he had to go to jail on the weekends. Like that's back when you could do the whole thing of, you know, you would turn mm-hmm. yourself in on Fridays, you would serve your time from to Sunday, and then you would be released on Monday. Yeah. And so when that happened, they saw it, and he was like, "Cute, this is hard as fuck. I would love to do this song." He said, "But can we wait till I'm done doing all my weekends before we hey, put bro. this shit out?" Hey, bro, can you imagine? Can you imagine working <laughs> all motherfucking week, bro? And on Friday, instead of getting ready to party and go to the club, nigga, you get ready to go to jail. Yo, I had one of my cousins, he did that one time where he was Man. he served his time like that. Nigga, I'll be working overtime. I'm not going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that, man. That's crazy. Yeah. For the week, bro. I need my weekends. Yeah, man, he was like, yo, he was like, yo, let's let's lay it down, let's do this, but like nobody yeah. hear this shit until I get done. Like as soon as that's we as soon as I'm done, then we can put this song out. So I thought that that was funny. It is though, but that's crazy too, cause like, bro, you know you know how especially in that time, bro, you needed a record bad. You know what I'm saying? You definitely need the record. So the fact that these niggas was like, yo, all right, we, we ain't going to do shit with this until Drake get out. That's fire, bro. That that just goes to show you how tight that they really was, because I ain't going to lie. And again, if we in the group and we got a hit and that motherfucker just sitting there and the only thing that's stopping it is one of us being in jail, 
Man, put that motherfucker out. <laughs> what are we waiting on, man? I don't need to be out when this shit come out. But nah, I, I thought that was dope, man. Um, so fucking crazy, bro. The riots. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know what I'm saying? You were... How old were you in 92? 92, I was seven. Okay, so you were seven. I mean, I was like four. So the riots happening. We kids, we don't really know what's going on. But this shit is all over the news. They're talking about it. Rodney King. Um, the tapes came out and everything else. They go crazy, and they just they just light shit up. It was like uh, it was like do the right thing times ten. You know what I'm saying? Um, what's even crazier though is that you know that kind of inspired them to continue doing their thing and and putting and continuing putting out you know sending their messages um, and trying to do their best to spread positivity around the community. Um, I really haven't got nothing to even really ask because I mean it ain't really nothing to ask. I guess, I mean, like, did anything as far as like the riots? Like, did did you know anything about the riots? Did you understand what was going on around that time? Or? I mean, at the time, no. Um, yeah. I mean, really, being in the south. Do you south, even remember that like time happening? Very vaguely, I I can uh-huh. remember. I can remember seeing some stuff. Just on the news, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like, you know, those memories have, you know, faded, obviously. Yeah, but like, blurry. but uh, yeah, like it's very blurry. But I do kind of remember because, like, there's certain things that that just stay. Stick with you. Yeah, yeah they stick with you even when you're young. Like, like I remember. Uh, Speaking of. Before you before you go, speaking up, did you see Michael Jackson fall down the stage and get burnt up on TV? No, I didn't see that. You never seen that? Uh-uh. I no, mean, I've only seen, seen it. Kid, I've only seen it being played out from the the Jackson American story nah, movie nigga, thing. I, I seen that shit happen on TV, bro. I seen it. Nah, I told my mom I as that. a child. I told my mom Michael Michael Jackson was dangerous. That was my reply. <laughs> yo, yo, you fucking stupid. <laughs> no bullshit. She didn't tell you the story verbatim. I told her, when that shit happened, I looked at my mom and said, Michael Jackson is dangerous. That's hilarious. Then he come out with dangerous. Um, but yeah. Man. But yeah, I, 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 I remember a little bit about a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just seeing like all of that damage, like, and I don't never really remember like you know either one of my parents really talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I say, it's certain it's certain things that was in the news cycle that just stuck with me for some odd reason, like like that. You know, you remember Rodney OJ. King, though, yeah, I remember the Rodney King. I remember that. See, I remember. Don't that feel weird though? It does, and and I think because it, it was just one of those things where, you know, you just happen to be, you know, with an adult, and they just got it on mm-hmm. the news, and you just see it, 
And like, mm-hmm. you don't really know how big it is, really. But it was, it was, like I said, not vividly, very vaguely, but it kind of stood out. So it mm-hmm. was like that. You know, it was it was the OJ trial. Mm-hmm. I can remember. Uh, oh man, um, the Ramsey girl, Jumbin the a- blonde girl that was missing. Jumping a Ramsey. Yeah, like I just remember that shit being on the news all the time. You all know what I'm saying? Like, so it's like I said, like it's certain things from childhood that's like you just kind of like remember, and it's mm-hmm. just like, you know, it was kind of weird, but like. But I've seen so many like documentaries on it, and yeah. like nigga, any. Do you remember Ed McMahon used to be on Publishers Clearinghouse? Oh my god, yo! You know how many times I want this motherfucker to show up to my door, bro? You know that they saying that this nigga never was on Publishers Clearinghouse. Yeah, that's hilarious. I I I vividly remember this nigga with the little microphone saying, "I'm Ed McMahon with Publisher Clearinghouse on the commercial, my nigga." Yeah, and he showed with this big ass check. Bro, they say they say that shit never happened. Oh my god, we gotta find what? a movie on Man- the Mandela effect because I think that's a good a good thing to talk about, bro. Why? Why? How did Mandela get in this? No, I don't, because, okay, so I guess they, they call it the Mandela effect because when Nelson Mandela was locked up, everybody thought that Nelson Mandela was dead. Like, niggas remember Nelson Mandela dying, but he didn't die. I guess he was locked up, and then he ended up, like, getting out and becoming the president of South Africa or some shit like that. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, like collectively, everybody remembers Nelson Mandela dying. I never remember Nelson Mandela dying. I do remember hearing about Nelson Mandela, though. But I never hearing. I, I don't remember if he was like dead or locked up or whatever. But yeah, that's why they call it the Mandela effect. Like they say, like it's certain shit that happened, and then like you remember it, but they say it didn't happen. Like the the, the little remember it used to be a little thing that came across the Disney movies. I don't know if you ever watched the Disney movies. But yeah, like the little star used to go across the castle. Yeah, they said that shit never happened either. Oh god. Okay. Yeah. It's a, it's a good topic. We should we should get do that. We should find a movie about that though. But um, OJ. You know what I'm saying? I'm assuming you was watching the Rockets. You know what I'm saying? The championship game <laughs> <when this happened>. <laughs> because. <laughs> <laughs> Because, nigga, I remember no. sitting in my... Dude, it's the, the Cowboys and I think the Cowboys and the Bills was playing. Nah, nah man, I, I remember the Houston Rockets the playing the basketball playing? game. The Houston Rockets was playing basketball. I was sitting in my grandma's kitchen. She used to have a little, little TV. I think it was like a little white TV in the kitchen on the counter. And nigga, I remember watching that shit. And nigga, I remember them showing... This nigga OJ driving the Bronco live in the living color. Craziest shit I've ever seen in my life, bro. Yeah. I I and I don't remember that. I just remember, like I said, the news coverage from the trial and shit like that. I remember watching the chase live. Niggas was in the house watching that shit live, bro. Yeah, that was 
was I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't remember that. I, I just remember, I remember the trial being on TV like crazy all the time. Though. But yeah, I don't, I don't have any recollection of of seeing the Bronco well live. I don't remember yeah. seeing the Bronco live. That shit was live, but, nigga. Um, man. Uh oh, Ice Cube breaking off from NWA. You know what I'm saying? Started the lynch mob, and then the famous words, "God damn, I'm glad y'all said it all," was uttered. Uh, no Vaseline, arguably the greatest diss track in hip hop history, comes out. Um, do you remember that? No. I don't remember that. Um, like I said, a lot of that shit came later. Yeah. Um, because remember, like, like I told you, I was personally late on like rap, rap like that That's because right. I was just a huge R and B guy. So when it came to no Vaseline, all that type of stuff, like I heard that shit like later. Like I mean, okay. We talking. So you mean? Whoa, 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 time out, time out, time out. This is crazy. Cause now that I think about it, bro, you might have missed like some of the most iconic shit in hip hop history. So, first and foremost, my nigga was being interviewed poolside, and this nigga had like members of the Nation of Islam or the Fruit of Islam, like as a, as a security. Shit was crazy, right? Yeah, they showed it in the um, movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you remember ever watching the Snoop Dogg What's My Name video? Did you ever, like, see that when it premiered? Probably, well... You know a video I'm talking about? I'm trying to think. Is that... No, 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 no. I'm thinking... No, no, no. That's that's a Dr. Dre song. I'm thinking about maybe I probably don't. I'll tell turned, you what he, I can remember. I've seen that video. Yeah, that's the what's my I've video. seen that video. Maybe we can turn it to a Rottweiler. Yes, I've seen that video. I remember seeing, and like I said, I'm not as good as this as you are, but I remember seeing like the debut of like, um, like murder was the case. Yeah, that was later on. That was yeah, it was later on. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. that, I remember seeing so like you. You first, came in around that time. Yeah, like I remember like, when yeah, um, yeah, um nice. motherfucking him and Tupac uh uh America most morning. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you so you remember the Janet Jackson and Michael Michael Jackson video? Well, how would you even scream like? Why would scream come into your head? I'm the shit that we're talking I'm, I'm about. Thinking the, I'm thinking of the. I'm trying to think of the time frame of shit that you would have like remembered. Yeah, around yeah. That, like the around those times. Okay. Yeah. That's what's up. I remember. I, well, I mean, I'm sure you've seen all the Michael Jackson videos. So I ain't gonna keep asking you that. What about uh the Buster Rhymes shit? The Buster Rhymes Janet video. No, man, I'm talking about early Buster Rhymes videos. 
Oh, well, I was about to say, because that's, that's the all-time video right like, there, boy. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about, like, Wu-Hai and, and uh, uh No, my joint, my joint was uh, off that When Disaster Strikes, um, when he did the video where uh, where he bit off uh, yeah, yeah, Coming yeah, to yeah. America. When he bit off Coming to America. Um, oh, that's... Uh, Oh my gosh, what was the name of that song? If you really want to party with me, party with me. let me see this with you. Put your hands where your eyes can see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's what's up. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you ain't that you ain't that far really, man. You nah, nah, nah. Like not that not that far, but it's just like when it comes to like, you know what I'm saying, the people who kind of pioneered this shit. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, don't get me wrong, like I've heard you know, L. Cool J, Mama said, knock you out. And like, I, I got, I can't live without my radio. Like, like later. Punching the, punching the punching bag in the boxing ring in the basement, bro. Yeah. And That's you know crazy what I'm saying? Ass. <laughs> <laughs> nigga, L. Cool J is fucking egregious, bro. This nigga is sick. The shit, hey, the shit that he's done in music videos and just in general. It's crazy. You ever see the compilation where they be showing this nigga? Where he was like getting lined up with a hat on and shit like that. This nigga is crazy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> this nigga is sick, man. <laughs> <laughs> they said they had they had one of the parts, bro. I gotta find this shit. It, it was on Twitter, it was on Instagram, all that. They was just killing this nigga. Like this nigga was in the um it wasn't a strip club. What is that? The peep show shit? You know, you remember the old peep shows? Yeah. You can go sit down and put the quarter in and the chick be down. This nigga was in one of them eat an apple. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, bro. <laughs> this nigga was a real live sicko, man. Oh, man. I forgot he was, about that. He was a real live sicko, bro. Like the <sighs> shit that nigga was doing was crazy, bro. Oh, man, that nigga that got on the Gap commercial and started rapping about fubu. This nigga is Oh my goodness, man. Let me tell you something, bro. Thank, thank NWA for shit like that. Cause that's some NWA type shit, bro. Like, that's hilarious. But no, like, what's dope about this shit, though, man, is, like, without them, bro, none of this shit that we got now is really possible, right? Like, if you think about it, Hugh, because he was doing such a great job writing um, lyrics and shit, like, this nigga eventually wrote a script and gave us Friday. You know what I'm saying? Dr. Dre gave us so many other artists. Um... It would we wouldn't have Snoop Dogg and, and, and Martha Stewart if it wasn't for Dr. J. You know wow. what I'm saying? No, I mean that's real though. Like I I mean I know it's kind of funny and crazy, but I mean seriously, like without Dr. J putting Snoop Dogg on, bro, we never would have been able to see this nigga Snoop Dogg kick it with Martha Stewart. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um 50 Cent, you would have never got power if it wasn't for Dr. J. You know what I'm saying? Um we would have never got eight mouth if it wasn't for Dr. J. Um, shit. 
you know what I'm saying, Kendrick Lamar, like, bro, it's just, it's so it's so much that that I mean, we wouldn't have got Bone Thugs and Harmony if it wasn't for Easy E. And ain't no telling what Easy E would have done. You know what I'm saying? His life ended up getting cut short, so it ain't no telling what he was capable of doing. You know what I'm saying? Um, O'Shea Jackson Jr., you know what I'm saying? He followed in his dad's footsteps as far as the Hollywood acting part. Like, you know, he's done some great work. Um, shout out to DJ Yellow, who, you know, he went off on a, a different beaten path. And, you know, this nigga got some, got some classic porn stuff, bro. This nigga was, he got a whole series where he just DJing. <laughs> Why girls is boning? It's crazy. Um, That's funny. MC Ren, I don't, I mean, you know, I don't really know too much about MC Ren. I'm sure he's done a lot too, but the DLC, you know what I'm saying? He's written, done things for people, Daz and Corrupt. You know what I'm saying? They were, they are branched off of the NWA thing. The, the whole death row is really branched off of NWA. Um, man, it's, I mean, like, if you really think about it, Everybody on the West Coast, like especially as far as like those guys that's up there, you can connect them to NWA like six uh, degrees of separation somehow. That's how that's how the you know what I'm saying like that's how wide of an umbrella NWA was. Um, you know what I'm saying like even the fact that like if you think of like I said, Easy E with Bone Thugs and Harmony, bro, they worked with Biggie and Tupac. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy. Why they were both alive at that? Yep. That's crazy. It ain't too many people that's done that before. So for you know what I'm saying, like for them to be a part of that, you know what I'm saying, to have you know what I'm saying, the history that they have. And, um, I mean, shit. Just think of all the shit Snoop has done. You know what I'm saying? Like I know I mentioned Martha Stewart, but I mean, like this nigga done been on game shows. You know what I'm saying? This nigga was uh, commentating the Olympics with Kevin Hart. And he done been in movies. And he done done all kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? Ice Cube. Look at all of the, you know what I'm saying? Like, look at all of the, the, the opportunities he's giving people. You know what I'm saying? He helped Mike Epps. Help, you know what I'm saying? Cat Williams. You know what I'm saying? Put Cat Williams in his first movie. Um, You know what I'm saying? Ricky Smiley helped him out, you know what I'm saying? Uh, he had Bernie Mac in Friday, you know what I'm saying? Chris Tucker was in Friday. Uh, AJ Johnson, um, John Witherspoon, you know what I'm saying? Uh, who else? Regina King was in there, like, I mean, Face on Love, Megan Good was in that movie. Like, yo, he really, like, helped people to do some things. So, like, out of that, NWA umbrella, bro. A lot of great things have come from that. A lot of great people were able to benefit from that in, in one way or the other. I mean, like, that shit, they are really, you know what I'm saying, like, like arguably the greatest rap group in hip-hop history. I don't think another group has done nearly half as much as what they've done. Maybe Run DMC. Only, only by proxy because um, Russell Simmons was the head of Dev Jam. But I don't know how far they they arms or branches are stretched. But as far as NWA though, like yo, they really they really made shit happen.
I see what you're saying. I, and, and I agree with you. As far That's as put, putting on what they put on, yeah. Yeah. Um, NWA is definitely up there, man. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, everything we talk about still can somehow be connected to NWA one way or the other. Yes. One thousand percent, That's real wild. Bro. You know what I'm saying? Um. So, I mean, you want to do Fire Flames or? Because I'm going oh, yeah. to rate this. All right. So let's get into it. Yes, sir. Yoga. Fire! Yoga! Flame! Alright, so what you got? Hmm. Because I, I feel... I, okay, go ahead. One, two, three, four, five. No. Oh, really? I'm gonna go a 4.5. Oh, okay. Hey, shocker. I I was for sure you was giving us a five. Go ahead, I'm listening. No, That's no, crazy. four four point five, four point five. Because okay. um obviously I love the cast, uh how mm-hmm. it was put together. I love how they was able to give pretty much everybody's individual story in a way. Like I said, we didn't really need yelling in, in Rand's story that much. Um I think what we were missing, but I mean, I guess they couldn't really get it factually because they just, he wasn't involved in the story, uh, Jerry Heller. So I think that it would have been nice to know like a little bit more about who he dealt with in the past and like who he, you know what I mean? Like we, we didn't get Mm -hmm. enough of, of that. Um, but also, like, I don't really have, like, like negative parts about the movie. It's mm-hmm. not really that, because they put a lot of stuff in there. But then, like, you know, when it came out, like, I heard that uh, Michelle Lay was upset because they didn't really talk about her. But then her and Dre had a altercation or whatever you want to call it. So mm-hmm. I can understand why they didn't put her in this. So that kind of made sense, but I don't know. Um, but no, I, I think I think it was I think it was a great movie. Like I said, I'm biased to F. Gary Gray. I think F. Gary Gray is one of the greatest directors out there. But mm-hmm. um, there still was a few things that's like ah, oh, we didn't really get you know enough for this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, you know, so that's why I'm gonna go four point five. But I love this. Movie. I can watch this movie almost at any time. Any point of the day, but I'm I'm only giving it a four point five. Okay, so we even because I was gonna give it a four point five, and the reason I didn't give it a five is a super petty reason. Yes, because like I said, they didn't introduce my nigga, Bone Thugs and Harmony in this, but they gave Snoop time to, you know, what I'm saying, come around the piano and start rapping. I wasn't with that, you know, what I'm saying they could have did the same thing with Bone Thugs and Harmony. Um, but on a serious note, man, um, you brought up Michelle A. That was a that was a major major thing, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't as as broadcasted as it probably should have been, but it was still a major major thing. If you are in the hip hop and you you know what I'm saying was around that time, you definitely know about the incident. Um, but what's crazy though was Miss Chalet was like she was doing like radio stuff. She's still doing radio stuff throughout LA right now. Um, 
but she's still out and about doing her thing. Um, I enjoyed this movie for sure. I was super excited to see this movie uh, because one, we were getting so many hip hop biography movies. And you know what I'm saying? Like, I, that's what I like to see. I, I want to see more of those stories being told. Um, I was hoping for a bad boy movie too, but now I don't know if we should, should do that. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know what I'm saying? The acting was great. Um, it kind of felt like, you know what I'm saying, because his son played him. It kind of felt like Ice Cube was like still acting in a weird way. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I thought that I thought that was super special. Um, it would have been dope to see Easy Son actually have that role too. But in a in a weird way, I'm kind of glad he didn't because we ended up getting uh, what's his name, Eric Mitchell, or uh, no, not Eric um, Mitchell. What's his name? Um, um. Um, Last name Mitchell. Jason Mitchell. Mitchell. Jason Mitchell. We ended up getting Jason Mitchell, who ended up giving us some great stuff. So you know what I'm saying. You gotta appreciate that. And the dude that played Dr. Dre, um, he gave me a, a gem because he had the horrible braids in Walking Dead. Um, but but the the storytelling, you know what I'm saying. For them to elaborate on some of the things that you know what I'm saying we all heard and always talked about. And to be able to see that put on screen was dope. And then, you know what I'm saying, after we was getting like all of those horrible movies from like Lifetime and E and all them, where they was telling like the TLC story and the Elite story and shit, and it was just was trash. It was refreshing to finally get like, you know what I'm saying, an actual movie where they are involved and they actually telling their story and giving us, you know what I'm saying, some some sort of facts, even if it wasn't everything, it was some. So I definitely appreciate that. So yeah, I'm, I'm going four point five as well. Okay, I'm with it. All right, so let's um let's get into the commission. Let's do it, man. Coming soon to own on video and DVD. All right, so what do we have next? So we got a Netflix TV show called Pieces of Her. Um, we've been holding it off for a while, and I think that uh, I think you haven't seen it yet, right? I've seen some of it. I've seen okay. like two episodes. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So, um, so yeah, this is something I watched when it first came out. So it's gonna be great going back and watching it again. But I'm excited for this one, man. I'm I excited. For the okay. last show we did. Was hard. I think the last show yeah. we did was Echoes. And it was a Netflix yep. show. Yep. But yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's gonna be nice. A I lot enjoy, of material. I enjoy doing the TV shows, man. I enjoy them. Yeah. So um you guys stay told, you know what I'm saying? Make sure you're here uh with us when we doing this one because it's gonna be uh something to remember. Um but if you enjoyed straight out of Compton, if you didn't enjoy straight out of Compton, um if you two was at the piano rapping and you know what I'm saying I heard a nigga playing it was like, hey, I got a song for that, hit us up and let us know, you know what I'm saying? On X and Instagram. If you are not on pod, you can hit us up on uh Facebook at VA Pod Watch Group. 
you can also hit us up um, in our community on X Viewers Anonymous. And don't forget to subscribe to the pod. The link is in the description. Um, it is only $2.99 a month. You can also find the uh, link on our social pages as well. So, you know, and if you can't find it in the description or if you don't know what the description is, go to our social pages and check it out. Um, and uh, we got some episodes coming up this year that you're not going to miss out on. Um, we already got eight in the tuck, so you can go and go back and listen to those. But all of our behind the scenes episodes will be uh, subscriber only, so make sure you subscribe. Um, if you would like to follow me, you can follow me on my ex, Ashley Bronson. I got a link to in my bio, you can find me everywhere else there. And y'all can find me at s.foster8 on Instagram and on X. Um, at 28 minutes or less pod that's just on ig uh follow the podcast 28 minutes or less um last episode is episode 141 which is uh top five albums of 2023 so uh go check it out let me know what you think and uh that's all i got that's what's up man um thank you guys for tuning in thank you guys for listening thank you guys for watching as always, your support is greatly appreciated. Um, and yo, we gotta we gotta uh, get some of you guys, you know, what I'm saying hitting us up and letting us know some things, man. We want to do a watch party. You know what I'm saying? Um, I got a great idea to do a watch party with Amazon Prime. So hit us up. You know what I'm saying? Let us know if you're interested. Let us know. You know what I'm saying? That uh, you want to do that, and we can definitely get that started. It'll be dope to. You know what I'm saying? Watch a movie with the listeners. Um, but then, man, next episode, like they said, Hollywood, that's the wrap. Good.